Hi, I'm Siobhan Hunt, and this is Kindling Conversation, a Kindling Kids radio podcast. Just a quick note before we get into the next episode. If you haven't already, I'd love you to rate and review Kindling Conversation wherever you get your podcasts, or if you enjoy the episode, share it with your friends. All right, thank you, and on with the show. Hello and welcome to Kindling Helpline. I'm Siobhan Hunt and joining me in the studio is Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue for Kindling Helpline. Chris has over 30 years experience (laughs) helping parents and carers with everything from pre-baby nerves to bringing a baby home in the first weeks. In fact, she even has a book about it called Bringing Baby Home. But mostly what she does is speaks individually to parents to help them overcome whatever parenting challenge they're facing at that particular moment. So this is your opportunity to ask Chris your questions. You can either join us on Facebook Live and write your comments or questions below the video, or you can call us. It's 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. And of course, during the week, we do ask people if they're interested to shoot us an email at conversation at kindling.com.au. Hello, Chris. How are you? I'm very well. You always laugh when I say 30 years. Is that because you can't (laughs) believe it's been 30 years or you think of all the parents you've helped over that time? Probably both. Both. A bit of both. Probably both. <laughs> Excellent. Well, actually, before we get stuck into it, I would like to mention that I'm working on a podcast with Chris about sleep. And yeah. what has been really interesting is seeing Chris um, interact with um, her clients face to face. And that's where I would sort of encourage people, if you're watching now or listening now, to where you can call in and speak yeah. to Chris because she can. Um, the back and forth often helps. Yeah, tweak, it does. It? We get more information to tailor it to that family with that child. Yes. But yeah. we do, of course, still take your comments Absolutely. on Facebook. So we'll start with Maddie, who says her daughter is 22 months old and hates my partner when we're together. She'll <laughs> scream as soon as he's home and nothing calms her down. However, when they're alone, like if he puts her to bed, she's happy and gives him cuddles. Any idea what could be the cause? Jealousy. <laughs> Right. Just jealousy. I think what's happened is she gets time with you and she gets time with the partner and she hasn't quite worked out how it works with the threesome. So I think what you'd have to do here is just um, little moments of fun together as the three of you. So often when, say, your partner comes home or partners come home, we get distracted from the children and we start talking about the day or getting them to do something and the child gets a bit confused about, well, a minute ago you were playing with me and now this person comes in and and it it all goes pear-shaped. So what I would try doing is quite literally when your partner comes home is to join in with what you're doing. Um, and, And then when she's settled a little bit more, then go in talking to yourselves. But it is very common. They often sit between you. Like if you're sitting there talking or holding hands, they'll sit right between you as if to say, no, this is where I sit. So somewhat common um, but the idea is that sometimes we get distracted when the partner comes in and we'd been playing with that child and now he comes in and it's you know you're talking to him because and we know this because she's actually perfectly okay with him so you know I think just taking it a little bit slower spending a bit more time with her as the three of you and it will all settle down 
Good luck with that. Maddie, we have a question from Pilar. There's um, a bit of detail in here, so I'll ask people to bear with me. So my six-month-old wakes several times during the night. The longest stretch is about three hours at the beginning of the night, then up every one and a half to two hours, and only wants the breast to be able to fall back to sleep. During the day, he also struggles with naps, but doesn't need the breast. Only sleeps for 20 to 45 minutes at a time, though. I breastfeed him three hourly, and he is now having solids two times a day. Perfect. Now here's sort of the detail with the timing. He sleeps at 8.30, from 8.30 until 9. Then the longest sleep is 11 till maybe 12.30 or 1. Then from 3 to 3.30 or sometimes 4, then usually doesn't want to sleep anymore until 6.30 or 7 bedtime. And sometimes he sleeps from 5 to 5.30 and bedtime around 7.30. If he wakes at 5.30 a.m., I lay him next to me and maybe he'll sleep until 6, 6.30, but not always. He just chats and plays with his hands or my face until I'm up around 6.30. I'd like to break the habit or association of breastfeeding with sleep at night yeah. to improve his sleep, but not sure how to start. I've tried, but he's cried and yelled so much that almost, he almost lost his voice and I ended up crying with him for two nights. So Aww. not sure what would be the best approach. And that's okay. From well, the really good thing is we've got lots of detail mm-hmm. and that generally speaking, you're doing the right thing. The timings look about right. So for a six-month-old, they're usually on four breastfeeds or four milk feeds and two meals, which it sounds like he is. His sleeps are short but your timing is right. So you're keeping him awake for about two hours between each of those sleep cycles. So that looks right. And so we've just got a problem with the association of resettling plus the association to feed into sleep. So you've got two things going on here. And we know that because you say that he wakes between an hour and a half and two hours overnight. And that's a night sleep cycle. So anywhere between an hour and 10 minutes and two hours and 20 minutes. So children often wake in those cycles overnight. So now we need to work out what we're going to do first. Now, what I often use with this one is I reduce the number of feeds at night um, so using the technique of settling him in the day, because you said, if I'm correct, that you don't use the breast to settle him in the day. Um, See, so he doesn't need the breast to settle him in the day. No. So we're going to reset. We're going to take a few steps here. So the first step would be the first time he wakes at night, you need to resettle him the way you settle him in the day. Okay. So if you put him down at seven and he wakes up at nine, I would use the technique that you use in the day to resettle him. So the first thing we're going to do is wean him off the night feeds before we cure the problem. The second time he wakes, you're going to give him a full feed. Make sure you sit up in the chair, feed him fully on both sides. And then the next time he wakes up, you're going to resettle him the way you do in the day when you're settling him. So the first thing we're doing is just changing the idea that he's going to be fed to sleep at night. And that's the problem you have in the day because when he wakes up, he doesn't know how to go back to sleep because he's waiting for a feed. That's why the sleeps have got shorter and shorter. And the other thing is, this is incredibly common. This would be probably about 70% of what I deal with most days. Like, how do I walk out of this that I'm in? Um, Because you're in it, you can't see how to get out of it. So the first thing is you're going to reduce your feeds at night. First time he wakes, you resettle him. Second time... You feed him third time, you resettle him. And in the day, 
you need to leave the day as it is until we fix the nights. So don't change anything in the day. Just keep putting him down. And we're going to see as you resettle him at night, does he start applying it in the day so that you could maybe get three one-hour sleeps in the day instead of three naps in the day. So the only piece of information I don't have is how he goes to sleep in the day to help you with that settle and the resettle. But the general idea would be that once you hear him crying, just leave it, but only for a really short period because he gets up and he screams or cries at you quite a lot. So I'd only leave him for a couple of minutes and people often use um, an increasing amount of time, like two, four, six, eight, um, to help their child resettle. So after two minutes, I'd go in, I'd lay him down first. I wouldn't pick him up first. I'd lay him down first, maybe pat or tap him or rub him for a few minutes. If he starts to calm down, fantastic. Keep going till he's nice and calm and relaxed. And that's going to take you a few minutes to do, like five, six, seven minutes to do. If he just carries on and cries and tries to get away from you, pick him up, give him a quick cuddle and put him down again and repeat the same thing until he goes to sleep. Now, that might take you the best part of an hour on the first night. But the second and the third night tells us if he's learning because it should get shorter and he should sleep longer. I know that was an in-depth answer, was it? but it's the start of turning that around without knowing how he goes to sleep. Okay, well, good luck with that, Pilar. And please feel free to contact us yeah, again if well, you can... have any further tweaks required. That's right. Um, so just to summarise before we move on, yep. how lo- how many nights should Pilar dedicate to trying to three. fix this? Three nights. That's three nights and three days. But her days, he seems to go down okay. It's the resettle. Okay. So anything that you do in less than three... Um, the baby hasn't had enough cycles to learn it. So it doesn't mean you have to throw your hands in the air after the first night. You might have to modify it, go in quicker, stay longer for the child, but you need to do it for three nights to see if it's actually working. That's why residential stays work because they stay often four or five nights. Yep. All right. Well, good luck, Pilar. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. I'm Siobhan Hunt. If you have a question you'd like to ask Chris, please pop them below on the Facebook Live or give us a call on 1800 Kids Radio. Every Monday, Chris is on the show. It's your opportunity to ask an expert how you might be able to tweak a few things to help um, make changes in your own family. And I will say that that is one thing I didn't do enough when uh, my kids were small, as in stick with the program. (laughs) If it didn't work on one night, I often wanted to try something different because one night feels like an eternity when they're little. Mm. But um, I have definitely noticed um, when you can stick with something, whatever it is, it makes a huge difference. And sometimes we have to have our first child to learn that. Because mm. now that your first child's in school, if she came home and said two plus two equals six, what would you do? I'd tell her it was wrong. Yeah, and you'd repeat <laughs> it over and over again. But yeah. you often you don't know that in your first experience and you've That's got to right. go back and your second child is much better because you're much more consistent. That's true. Okay, so Angela from Facebook. Hello, Angela. <laughs> she says, my 18-month-old keeps waking a lot through the night with huge separation anxiety, only wants mum. She's never been a great sleeper, but the waking, the constant waking still is driving us crazy. It would after 18 yeah, months. If much. I put her to bed with me, it's the best sleep. So... Um, 18 months old, separation anxiety. What do you do about that? Well, I don't know if it's separation anxiety or that she's so overtired 
you know, 18 months down the track. Um, true separation anxiety would appear both day and night, and it may do. We don't have that information. Um, but often why parents tell us that separation is if dad goes in, the child goes ballistic. If mum goes in, the child settles down. It's just that they look at dad and know that whatever mum does isn't going to happen with dad. So they're pretty you're pretty cluey on what's, who's going to do what to whom. Um, and there's two ways to go with the answer here. All the hard work to reset it or buy a bigger bed. None or the other. (laughs) So it's not always an answer about resettling. And the resettling that I would do with her isn't, isn't unlike what I just spoke about with the previous child. But you have to work out as a couple, um, where you want to go with this. So, you know, if you find buying a king size bed and everybody sleeping happily ever after till she's three, then that is an answer and that that's a perfectly fine answer. But if it's impacting your sleep, your partner's sleep or your relationship, then it's worth doing the hard work. But at 18 months, it will be hard work. So, you know, I think you have to take it slowly. You've got to take the cues that she understands from you. So whether it's a cuddle, a pat when she's beside you, and you're going to have to apply it to her cot. So when you put her in a cot and leave her for a few minutes and she likes um, a pat when she's in bed with you, then I would go with a cuddle and a pat in a position that she feels comfortable with and then put in her back in the cot. But this is going to take a little bit of work. So you've got that angle of gentle resettling to get her to understand to stay in her bed Um, or you've got the short, sharp and painful way of doing it with a full control crying or like a proper full control crying. And the third answer is buy a bigger bed. So in this case, because I'm unsure about how she goes to sleep, um, I, I suspect that I would start with a gentle timed way of giving her a few minutes to try and settle and then a lot of reassurance and then extending that time and again doing it over three days to see if it makes a difference. But trust me, an 18-month-old, they can carry on for a good hour or so. So again, it's about judging that initial period. I'm On the weekend, I did uh, all... On Friday, I spoke to the lady with twins and took two nights. Uh, uh, that similar age, was it? Yeah, similar wow. age, 16 months. Right. Yeah. And she was getting up and down to twins and and we just really looked at what was going on and the first night one slept through and one took an hour. The second night both took about 20 minutes. The third night, I have to wait and see. But it's yeah. definitely Changing they're already. improving, improving, improving. Oh, well, it's good to know that they can still. Yeah, got to have a hopeful learn. story there. <laughs> good luck, Angela. Natalie on Facebook says, um, "How many milk formula feeds for a baby of ten months old is normal? My son is having two to four feeds and three meals a day." Um, I would say he only needs three milk feeds and three meals. So if he's breastfed, he might be getting one for comfort somewhere along the line. They're pretty much in a breakfast, lunch, dinner sort of rhythm. So they might have breakfast and then the milk feed or vice versa. Then they have it for lunch and then they have it for dinner. So three three of each, three milk feeds, three um, uh, feeds is perfectly normal for this age group. Okay. 
Thanks for the question, Natalie. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. Every Monday, Chris comes on to answer your questions. You can ask them via our Facebook live feed. Just pop your question below the video or you can give us a call. The number is 1-800-KIDS-RADIO. We also have a text number, which is 0437-665-200. Next up, we have Yana, who's got a two-year-old. Over the past month, my two-year-old has started refusing to go to bed. He has a long day sleep, normally down by midday and up by three. Then we try to put him back to bed around seven. We have a good bedtime routine and read two books every night, but he really puts up a fight once he's left in his cot. I've tried waking him by 2 p.m., but he is equally hard to put to bed at night. My evenings are my precious quiet time, so I'd love some help. Totally understand that one. Yeah, so he he just needs to get used to um, decreasing his day sleep. So I'd probably, he's just having too much day sleep is the answer. From when he wakes up from his day sleep to when you put him to bed is five and a half hours at this age as a two-year-old. So if he's getting up at three, he won't even remotely be tired before 8.30. So often we want him to sleep in the day because, you know, two-year-olds are busy, noisy, all those sorts of things, and it's calm and it's quiet. But you've got to realise what's happening on the other side for him when you try and put him down to bed at 7 o'clock because you want it to be calm and quiet. So one is to realise how much time awake he needs from when he sleeps, which is five and a half hours. And then what I would do to get it into the right window is just slowly decrease his sleep by 15 minutes. So today I would just get him up at two and a half hours by opening the door, opening the blinds and let him wake up slowly. And then from whatever point that is for five and a half hours, that's when I'd put him to bed to teach him not to fight because he sort of got used to fighting now. So let's um, try and put him down. So if he sleeps till 2.30, you won't put him down till eight tonight. And then every couple of days, you're decreasing his day sleep by 15 minutes to get to the point where there's a nice marry between the sleep that he needs and going to bed at night. And usually that will fix this problem. All right. So we have a question from Ellie, who yep. has a 16-month-old. Yeah. Um, who hates my, the car sleep. Yes, hates and pram. Anything with a seat. Hates he, he laughs. Yeah, he laughs for, Five minutes before the screaming and shrieking starts, I've offered him lots of toys, snacks, but nothing seems to calm him down. Do I need to just ignore his screaming? Is there anything I can do to make him more at ease? There is. And, and I had this this same question from a client only last week. So it's about the age. They know they can walk. They, they're really adventurous. They see a flower. They want the flower. But we have to realise that they're really little. They have no common sense and they now have no safety judgment. So the first thing in the car is sometimes what I do in the car is I only have a toy that he only uses in the car. So I usually don't use food commonly. Um, And the other thing is that sometimes with these little ones, when they get really upset in the car, they'll throw their shoulders out so the seatbelts come off. And there's a thing called a Houdini strap. So I'd put the Houdini strap on so that while you were driving, you knew he was safe in the back of the car. There is zero policy with the car. If he just cannot get out, obviously get out of a car seat. The easiest way to fix this, and this will take a little bit of time but works very effectively, is drive around the streets in your neighbourhood for short periods, like five minutes, ten minutes, and if he starts crying, pull over safely, 
let the windows come down and stand, pull over, stop the car and get out of the car and just stand by the car until he stops crying. When he stops crying, get back in the car. So you're just doing this in the safe streets around your place, not on a freeway or anywhere like that. And that usually works. He, re- he works out pretty quickly that if he cries in the car, you're going to get out of the car. And then you're standing by the car with the windows down, talking to him and saying, when you come down, mummy can get back in the car. And when he comes down, you get back in the car and you drive a little bit further. That takes a bit of time. Mm. <laughs> That's actually the easiest one to fix. The pram is the more, far more difficult to fix. And in this one, I do really short outings in the pram. So you might put him in the pram and get him to hold something in his hand and you only go to the end of the street and back again. And then you say, good boy. And then you go a little bit further and you go a little bit further. This often happens when they've sat for really long periods, like they're either always in the car or always in the pram. So if you mix it up a little and um, just do short outings in the pram, you'll find very soon you'll be able to extend the length of time he's in a pram. But most 16-month-olds only sit for about, I would say, 15 to 20 minutes before they want out. So remember how long we're asking them to sit has to be reasonable for their age. Good luck, Ellie. This is Kindling Helpline with Mothercraft Nurse Chris Minogue on Kindling Conversation. If this is your first time with us, every week Chris comes on the show to answer your questions. It could be about weaning. It could be about different ways of breastfeeding. uh, It could be about toddler tantrums. But mostly it's about sleep because let's face it, we all... (laughs) We need help it. with that. That's right. Um, during the week, if you have something pop up, you can always email us at conversation at kindling.com.au. Jess on Facebook has a 22-month-old boy. He's currently having three to four-hour day naps. Is that too long? He goes down around 6.30 to 7 and sleeps until 6. Now, the answer to this one, which is the reverse of the one we did before, is no. So if he's having three to four hours of sleep in the day, and he's going down at 6.30, 7 o'clock at night and sleeping peacefully through till seven in the, 6 in the morning. He's doing fine. He just likes he a big amazing. sleep. He sounds amazing. Yeah. I'd be kissing him every time he got up. But as I said before, as you see it impacting your nights on how he goes down or the length of sleep he has at night, you're just going to decrease that time that he's sleeping. So in this case, if he was doing four hours, I'd decrease it to about three and a half, then three, till you find that magic sweet spot that gets you back on track again. But all good to you, Jess. Yeah, it doesn't That's sound excellent. Busy. Yeah, I'm impressed. I don't even have a 22-month-old anymore, and I'm jealous. Um, this question comes from Ariane, who has a three-year-old. I'd like to stop my three-year-old from coming into our bed at night. I've not minded since she could walk that she was our little nighttime visitor, but I've decided that it's time that my partner and I had our own our bed back for ourselves. How do you recommend going about it? How long will it take? How long can I expect her to be upset and cry her eyes out about it so I know how long I have to push through for? I'd say with a three-year-old, it's going to take you about three to five days because they've got a lot of energy. But in this case, I wouldn't fight her. I'd just keep walking her back to her bed, quite literally. Yes, she Meet her as you hear her coming up the hallway. Just hang on to her hand and walk her back. Give her a little cuddle and kiss and put her back in the bed. That's the first strategy I would use. So the first strategy I'd use is for a few nights, I'd just meet her in the hallway, meet her at the bed. If she gets in the bed, because I can sneak into your bed without you realising, I'd just roll over and say, Mummy's going to take you back to your bed. Or Daddy. It doesn't have to always be you. So walk you back. You could alternate it between you and your partner. Walk her back, give her a kiss and a cuddle, put her back in a bed. 
Some children just get sick of that and they learn to sleep through the night. Um, to be fair to her, she's had a period, we're not sure how long, but since she's walked, so a period of about 15 months where she's been allowed to get into bed. So we're going to have to start with that. So that's the first one I'd use. The second one I would use is, if that all seems too hard, is I'd make a little bed on the floor in your bedroom and say to her, you need to sleep on there when you come in. And so if she comes up, you just keep putting her in that bed. And sometimes they just get tired of being put into the bed. Um, And the last one, which is the hardest, is you put a gate on her door so she can't get out of her room. And um, when she starts crying, you go to the gate and you say to her, when you get in your bed, mummy can give you a kiss and a cuddle. So it makes her understand how to get back into her bed again. So those three are the most typical that we would use for that age group. So good luck. I think you need to give each of those um, at least three, four, five nights to see if it would work. And you might have to do all three. All right. Well, good luck with that, Ariane. And last question comes from... Oh, Ooh. no. Is it our last question? I'm not sure. Anyway, I'll be told soon enough whether yeah. I can have this as a last question or if you've got more. Jeannie has a two-year-old who has discovered climbing. I don't want to discourage her from being an adventurer, but also I don't want her to have a chest of drawers fall on her. Fair enough. Or her fall off our couch and bump her head. What sorts of things can I try to discourage her from climbing on everything and just climb on a few things, I guess? Okay, so I think what you have to look here is mainly safety. So I would discourage her from climbing on anything that can move and fall on her. So sets of drawers, shelves, um, maybe a chair that isn't really stable. So, But we need to do this where we're not always saying, no, don't, don't climb. So if she's climbing on the couch and she's perfectly okay and that um, allows her that ability to do what she's looking for, then I do think gentle things like you need to sit on your bottom before you get off the couch so that you're sort of reminding her how to do it safely because the couch, even if she fell off the couch, sure, she might bump her head, but she'll, she'll, she'll be okay, whereas drawers falling on her is a real safety issue. So when it comes to the drawers or things like that, I would probably make that more of a no, we don't climb on the drawers. I'd also make sure that the drawers and any shelving was safe, so either anchored down or very heavy. Um, but otherwise, I'd actually allow her to climb on some things. You, you might think that it might be easier to get some climbing equipment for outside, like, you know, those little little slippery dips and the little slippery dips and a bit of a climb, so she can climb safely um, and get that out of her system. But, you know, they there comes a stage between 16 months and probably two and a half where they do like to climb on things. So most of it I'd use as very gentle, just going up, holding their hands, saying, oh, we're going to hop, we're going to put our feet on the floor. Um, are we going to go over here and play with the ball? Like lots of distraction and make sure that safety comes into this. So whatever's, um, you know, can be hurtful or harmful to her, that you're either anchoring it down, shutting doors, those types of things. And you'll find that after a little while, she'll be fine. She'll stop climbing all over the place. Good luck with that, Jeannie. Mm. Our last question comes from Christy, who has a two-week-old. Wow, congratulations. That's very little. When should I stop swaddling my little one? I've got a two-week-old, and to be honest, these first few weeks of being a mum have me pretty much beside myself. Oh, you poor thing. I feel like so many people just know what to do, but I'm a bit lost. 
you know, you're not a secret. None of us know what we're no, doing. None, no one does. <laughs> How long do I swaddle and when can I move my little girl out of swaddles? Do they hurt her? How do I know if I've done it too tight? Okay, so what wrapping does, so wrapping's where we use a piece of material. Swaddling is usually when we put them in um, like something, swaddle suits, where you zip them in or stick them in. So at two weeks wrapping, what it does is it calms and quietens the body. So it's really good to be able to wrap your child, enabling them to settle a little easier and to settle for longer. So you're not doing the wrong thing by swaddling her. And we tend to wrap them until they're about 10 to 12 weeks and then some people will use a swaddle after that and keep their hands in sort of a little easier Um, and they use that until they're moving around so somewhere around that four or five month old mark depending on mobility of your child. So wrapping is important and the other piece of advice I give you is that it is such a big learning curve those first few weeks of bringing a baby home that just keep it as simple as possible. You know, there's lots of clutter around you. Just keep it really simple. So your feeding is anywhere from two and a half hours to four hours from the beginning of the previous feed. The feeds can take you anywhere between 45 minutes and an hour. And that she should sleep for somewhere between an hour and a half and three hours. And that this is going to happen around the clock. So the swaddling or the wrapping just calms and quietens her. So, you know, concentrate on your feeding, then wrap and cuddle her. Don't worry about the settling, just wrap and cuddle her until she's nice and calm and sleepy. Pop her in a bed and tuck her in so she feels like you're still cuddling her. And hopefully she'll sleep for about an hour and a half to three hours. But my key piece of message to you is try and push the clutter out and just get really good at the basics. And, yes, I, you're not alone at all, yeah. Christy. The first two weeks, my God, they're intense. I can't even remember them. They're that hard. It's just Well, a it's so word. alien to everything you've done. So just keep it really simple and keep practising the simplicity of it. And I think you'll be amazed at how fast you feel more confident at the very basics. And you will learn. My, yeah. my children are four and six and I had no clue. So if I can keep them alive yep. that long, so can you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you won't kill them. Yeah, you'll, you'll be doing well. Yeah. And um, please feel free to call in, ask us any questions. Yeah, absolutely. Even if you think it might be a silly question, Chris yeah. will be able to <laughs> normalize it question. and let you know what you can expect. Yeah. Because none of us know. Um, so thank you to everyone for your questions. That's all we have time for on Kindling Helpline today. Um, Chris, thank you so much for your time oh, as well. It's a pleasure. And don't forget, you can subscribe to the Kindling Conversation podcast where we've got lots of these helplines where Chris has her advice on lots of different parenting topics. And we also have um, lots of different stories from many different parents. So thank you everyone for your questions.